What's up, guys, and welcome back to the channel. So today I am excited to have author Lee C. Conley joining me to talk about his Dead Sagas novels. But uh, Lee, first of all, how are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. How are you doing? You good? Doing good, doing yeah. good, man. I, I like yeah. we were talking about on air, man. I, I am going on vacation tomorrow, and it is much needed. And <laughs> I cannot wait to like put work aside and maybe actually get some reading done. Uh, it hasn't happened in months, so it's just been just been man turning and burning it's crazy i know the feeling <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know i mean you, you sound you know pretty crazy busy yourself going going back to school and, and you know with all your extracurriculars with not only yourself but with your kids and also writing and man yeah, how, not, do you, how do you do it <laughs> well i plan to sleep when i'm dead that's <laughs> okay <laughs> but then i'll just get rose back up again like it's some sort of creature out of one of my books <laughs> i know like you know somebody's gonna need something from you and you're just gonna rise back and be like oh gosh now what <laughs> yeah, <it's okay. laughs> i have a feeling that's what's gonna happen with me man it's I, I'm, I'm just gonna die and i'm gonna be like okay it's finally at peace and then so it's like, wait, 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 I needed, I needed something else. And just like, <laughs> oh, my corpse is just going like to rise and just like just dread. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself. I know, you know, we've known each other for a little while. Uh, of course, you know, I had you on TBR Con this past January. Uh, definitely looking forward to having you on uh, this upcoming January in 2022. Uh, but I don't know a whole, whole lot about you. I've just known what you've told me. Uh, until the audiences have been watching, but you know, who is Lisey Connolly? Uh, you know, how did you get into writing? Do you do you really enjoy reading? Uh, did you re enjoy reading at a young age, and you still kind of continue to do that if, when you if and when you find some? Um, and then when did you start writing seriously? Yeah, well, okay, so yeah, I started reading like a long time ago, like uh, fantasy. I mean, not just generally, you know. Pretty well, but saying that I've been reading fantasy pretty much as long as I've been able to read. Um, I really, really learned to read when I was about six or seven, learned, reading David Eddings and, the, and Tolkien, which um, <laughs> recently passed uncle actually um, got me into. Um, and then, yeah, and I always knew that uh, I would end up doing something to do with fantasy. And like, it's crazy because those those years are so important. Those early years are so important because they literally shaped who I am today. Because obviously, I've spoke about this before, you know this, but some people might not, but I'm a sword fighting instructor as well. So I do a lot of competitions and a lot of long sword fighting and things like that. And I would never have got into that or any of my historical martial arts stuff. I'd never would have got into my history, even the music stuff, because I'm a professional musician in the, as my day job. Um, never would have done any of that without sort of my love of fantasy and, and certain little really important turning points in life, which actually revolved around things like Conan and, and the Lord of the Rings and things like that. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. But as I say, I start with Eddings, and um, I'm not a huge fan of these days. Still good, but it just hasn't aged well, I don't think. Tolkien, timeless. You can't fault it. I read it every couple of years. Absolutely amazing. Um, Conan's a massive influence on me as well. Um, and then I got really, really big into sort of the darker. Obviously, I'm a, a 90s kid. I grew up in the 90s, and everything was all Spawn, Todd McFarland, and everything had this darker tinge to it, you know, and everything was cool and dark and edgy. And uh, so I'm a pro very much a product of that. I think the whole scene, the whole sort of grimdark scene at the minute is very much a product of that as well. Like we all grew up at the same time, liking the same stuff and we all like a bit of a bit of hopelessness and stuff. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I really, I only actually found grimdark as a, as a genre um, only a couple of years ago. I've just been doing my own thing for ages, sort of writing a bit of horror, writing a bit of fantasy. And then I sort of came back online. I was, I was offline for a while and I came back on and sort of, discovering all the forums and all the groups and stuff again. And I was like, ah, there's loads of people like me out there, which is great. Um, so yeah, I just um, started writing 
mostly say mostly horror. I always want to. I'm a big fan of zombie films, as you can probably guess. Nah, I had no idea. <laughs> General horror films as well. Like me and me and the family, we watch a lot of horror. Um, and I always wanted to write something. I always watch these films and think, ah, oh, but if you could write that in a book, if you can take the cinematics of film and put it on the page, I think you'd be onto a winner. So sort of things. I always try, always try to write horror, but I also knew that because I pretty much predominantly only really read fantasy, sometimes a bit of sci-fi, quite a lot of horror, but mostly it's fantasy, like pretty much all the time. I knew it was going to have to be a fantasy, so I just dived in right in a horror based in a fantasy world, um, which I thought was quite, quite, you know, quite done, quite done to death, but everyone's been like, oh, that's a really good idea. And I'm like, really? I thought that had been done a lot. <laughs> but maybe it was the zombie thing that hadn't been, the zombie apocalypse thing hadn't been done. Yeah, yeah. But, but again, it has. George R. R. Martin did it in Game of Thrones. I remember watching the opening scene of Game of Thrones going, damn, all that work. And he just nails it in the opening 10 minutes. Um, but yeah, that's some nice comparisons with those those scenes. So that's, that's nice. So I've achieved the effect at least. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, and again, uh, Evil Dead. There's, I get a lot of comparisons uh, with Evil Dead. I love Evil Dead, but um, Sam Raimi's awesome. And the whole concept of like demons and you know possessing you and then the dead coming back. But they're not like it's not a virus and it's not like a spell per se. It's more like a demon possession type thing. And there's, there's right. a lot of that in my books as well. So there's been a lot of comparisons there. And I was more than happy to have those comparisons because they're like, I think my influences shine through quite obviously if you look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what else about me? As I say, I'm a professional musician. As I said, um, I play predominantly rock and heavy metal. I teach, today I've been really busy teaching in schools, teaching kids to rock. It's sort of like a, I, I play like a British Jack Black at school. Oh, good, I was, I was about to say. <laughs> That's like, basically my rock. job every day. <laughs> That's what I do. Um, but yeah, I played a lot in bands, toured all around the UK and um, all sorts. Yeah, I've been professional for, God, now. It's been nearly 20 years. It's been crazy. Wow. So, yeah, it's been cool. So I have a really fun day job. And then I get to do the sword stuff. And then I get to write books. So, But you've got to do what you love. So I literally yeah. am the, that's my uh, my life motto almost, you know, like, just, if it's not something I'm interested in doing, I'm not going to do it. Although I, if I had to, you know, if I really had to, I'd go work at the local, the local superstore or whatever. But Fortunately, I have been lucky. So I used to be a cleaner. That's something no one knows about me. I've been a cleaner before. That was okay. in this big old manor house, just driving around, like waxing floors and stuff. <laughs> it was good times. And that's actually when I wrote um, Ritual of Bone. I actually sat there, walking around with my sweeping brush, cleaning stuff, writing the book in my head. I'd get home at like half seven, eight o'clock in the morning and then write it all down. And that's how Ritual of Bone actually got born. So a strangely, no one's ever heard that fact from me on any of these, but it is related to the book. So quite fun. <laughs> I gotcha. So, you know, I, I feel like you're maybe one of the first people that's ever gone, you know, like I'm actually doing exactly what I love to do, which is, you know, you know, doing your rock stuff, being able to, to teach sword play and then also writing like I, you don't hear many people going, yeah, I'm doing exactly what I want to do. Because a lot of people go, yeah, I went to college for this and now I'm doing this and it's, just, it's a day job. It pays the bills. You know, <laughs> not many people are like, freaking love this. Like, I am the UK's Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i am very lucky in that respect but I, I had i just made it happen and just did it relentlessly i mean there were times where i was very very poor living in a tiny little one room place you know um but yeah it just if you just stick it i know it sounds crazy and i know it's not necessarily true but it kind of is if you stick it something that you really want to do long enough it, you can make it happen one way or the other i mean 
I find most of like my income isn't from like playing on stage anymore. It was for a while, uh, mm. but now with the family and stuff, I can't be touring around the UK with, with the girls in tow. So no, um, yeah, you now, can. I, I, now I'm teaching, you know, doing the Jack Black thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's, <laughs> so it's not what quite I had in mind, but it is, it is that job. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Same with the sword fighting stuff. I just want to go and fight in tournaments and now I'm teaching a lot of the time. I mean, obviously you have to stay sharp and you have to maintain your skills and I still go to the tournaments, but it's not the, the training that it used to be. It's sort of a hobby becomes a job mm. and there is always a downside to that, but it's still better than, you know, any other job I can think of. So it's, it's right. very lucky in that respect, but you've just got to make it happen. You know? <laughs> so I'm curious, has anybody ever called you Mr. Schneebly or Mr. Schneeble? <laughs> they've never been that well versed in the film but they're always like oh school of rock guy that's what i get school of rock guy i love and i'm like yeah totally (laughs) if only i was like you're gonna be doing tiktok videos as avengers (laughs) (laughs) i might do i might get on tiktok and do some like funny impressions there you go there you go um so uh you know as, as far as your writing goes you know how has your your process changed you know since since you were cleaning and writing in your head and then writing it down when you got home to now like has your process changed do you still write it all in your head and then jot it down or do you actually have the ability to sit down and go all right let's get some writing done today so when i wrote ritual of bone it was all just it just came out it was sort of what, what, the, what they, they call panstering in the writing community which i'm sure you've all heard of and right. it was a lot of it just i just saw what happened i had a vague idea of what i wanted to know what would happen but it just just all came out and it was fun to explore with flesh completely different um method and obviously i'd I, um at some point in between those two books i started a uh, creative writing degree at university as well just so i wanted to hone my skills so i don't know if a lot of it was influenced from that but um, the method was much more planned now there's still an element of the unknown so i'll have a, a very, I, I want this to happen and I know the end point of, say, a chapter or a, a series of you know, a small plot arc, but then how it actually unfolds is you know, not necessarily 100% planned. So there's still that element in there. But mm-hmm. a lot, um, Ritual Flesh, there were parts of it because, well, because the Ritual of Bone was uh, several point of view parts in different parts of the, of the world, uh, different characters, and they're all separate completely pretty much in, in the Ritual of Bone. And then in Flesh, it all weaves together. So all those characters pretty much come across each other in the in the uh, second one which isn't really too much of a spoiler i think people were hoping to hear that um if you haven't read it but um but uh but yeah so that one had to be meticulously planned in places i'd know exactly who met who where and what happened where and who missed the other person there and you know like the passing and the night sort of thing and um and it all had to happen for a reason everything had to have a point and um, mm. so yeah that one was meticulously planned but again i did just sit back at points and just let go and just write a scene and go that's really cool. I might find somewhere for that to go. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, definitely definitely changed a lot on my um, my plot. I've now gone back to the third book, which I can tell you is going to be called A Ritual of Blood. Okay. Um, and that one, I've gone a little bit back to, there is a plan, there's a definite plan, but there's it's gone a bit more to just seeing what happens. So, um, just sort of, there, there's certain scenes that I didn't even know were going to happen, which there's a couple that I'm really excited for you guys to check out. Actually, there's a couple of I'm about maybe a third of the way through it, and there's some cool bits in there um, that I think are cool. Anyway, you might not, but they're pretty cool. I think they're cool. <laughs> and then I was like, where did that come from? Oh, Span that, work that in, yeah. So yeah, it's just, sometimes things change and plans change. You know, and a lot of my writer friends have told me yeah, they have a plan, and then the characters happen, the plan goes out the window. Right. Um, and there is definitely an element of that, but I like to still stick to my plan. 
I just let them, I give them room to maneuver, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Plot has yeah. room to maneuver. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I'm sort of jumping between methods and like embracing lots of different methods. But I learn a lot from university as well, which has been great. Um, but a lot of it's stuff I kind of already did, but it's sharpened me up, if you see what I mean. So um, I accidentally just sort of stumble onto the right path a lot. So, <laughs> so that's always good. Hey guys. So, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier about horror being a big influence and you've been a big fan of horror. So I guess, you know, October is pretty much your month for the year, right? Yeah. Well, that's why you've seen it. If you've seen it on Facebook and or uh, social media and Twitter and that and recently in the last month or two, that's on, on purpose. That's when I hit my, my drive every year around September, I start the push of the, you know, and I try and get everyone in a, I'm trying to sort of get it coined as like the Halloween book to read if you're a fantasy fan. Yeah, there are a few contenders, but it seems seems to generally go down fairly well. Um, yeah. It's my time of year, I'd like to say. But yeah, it's a good time any time of year. You know, people have been reading it all year long, but I always get a big surge at Halloween. Um, everyone looking for something spooky. And it's a uh, fantasy fan usually stick to fantasy all the mm-hmm. time. So when there's a, a, fa- a spooky fantasy, it's sort of that, that window of time is open. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I like to be like, check this out. so what uh what would you say like your top it's really hard to narrow now what are your top like five to ten horror movies and 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 like what are the ones that you watch every single year okay evil dead definitely uh maybe evil dead 2 probably i'm gonna pick one really really um what else is good Oh, you put me on the th- I'm thinking there's like a hundred going through my mind. I'm like, oh, I know. <laughs> um, I mean, any of the classics. Country you, films. Country are you, films. Are you a big like Halloween fan? Are you a big Friday the 13th Ooh. fan? Are you big? I do like the classics. Nightmare on Elm Street. I do like the classics. Yeah. I think if I, out of them ones, I'm probably going to go Halloween. Yeah. And if I'm going to pick one, it'd be Rob Zombie's Halloween. Of course. How did I almost forget? He's my favorite horror director, by the way. Okay. Um, and my favorite horror film probably of all time is house of thousand corpses it's just a perfect homage to all the horror films yeah. and then that whole series that, that trilogy afterwards it just gets better and better and the more you get invested in the characters by the time you get to the third one it's like you know you're really with the bad guys and they're the bad guys have become the good guys. Oh, it's amazing i absolutely love it um and i really liked his film 31 as well i didn't want to list all his films but basically all his films are the best films um, <laughs> <laughs> um i really love alien Alien's a big one. Um, the Thing as well. Um, is that really... A, it's technically a horror film. I suppose it is yeah. a horror film. The thing. But yeah, but it's not really I mean, scary. People probably say like sci-fi, but it's definitely more... Oh yeah, so I don't really mind if it's fantasy or, or contemporary or sci-fi. If it's scary or it's got some cool gory bits in it, it's horror to me. So, oh yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I don't care for genre boundaries. <laughs> but yeah, The Thing's a great one as well. Uh, Tremors. I love Tremors as well. Mm. Um, that's just a silly horror film. It's funny, right. but I love it. It's one of my favorites. It's just my favorite B movie, probably. But um, I've not said any zombie films. I'm just thinking of how there's so many good zombie films. I'm trying to think, Ooh. what was that other B rate uh, movie that came out several years ago? I think it had Nathan Fillion in it. Uh, shoot. It's kind I know of, what you mean. I, I w- it, had like, it was like a worm on the cover. The Firefly oh. guy. The Firefly guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Great series. The name of that movie. I'm on freaking lose it if i don't see it slither <laughs> slither oh, that's, yeah, that's great. yeah 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 totally, totally. <laughs> yeah i quite like ones like ghostly possessiony ones as well like uh, paranormal activity was quite good you know, that, yeah you know, the, the footage film that was quite good and have you ever watched like, the uh, the vhs films 
Yeah, I like them. I like those sort of things. There's Wreck, which is a great one. That's a zombie one. I haven't um, seen that one. Blair Witch is quite fun. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I quite liked it. I thought it was good. It had a lot of atmosphere. And actually, in a way, you can capture some of that. I tried to capture some of that in the woods, something's after you vibe. And that's a big part of what I kind of generally do. Generally, I've never really thought about that, but maybe that's where I got that from. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. I love these chats because I find out more about myself than I knew before. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Happy to serve. <laughs> um, so where uh, where did the the sword uh, the sword play come from? Where where did that kind of start? Were you really into swords? You growing up, and I know you said you know reading like Eddings and stuff growing up kind of mm-hmm. got you into a fantasy, you know, enjoying fantasy. But like, not everybody just like goes. I think I'm in a sword fight. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Yeah, I know, what you're, I know what you're saying. I mean, it's definitely come from the fantasy stuff. Things like, you know, Lord of the Rings, Boromir and Aragorn and Lord of the Rings, you know, and things like that. And I don't know, I, one day I just woke up and literally just went, I want a sword fight. Or maybe I want to be an extra in a film doing some sword fighting. And then I looked into it more and I was like, actually, I really, really want to actually learn how to sword fight and do it properly. Um, and I just started getting some texts, um, some sort of... Uh, I started off with a really old text, which I got off uh, a website, which is actually HEMA website, which is what I do now. And I just started looking at some of the sort of the German techniques and I got a book on it, um, just learning sort of more German longsword stuff. And then I thought I got to a point where I went and found my local longsword club. I found one in my hometown, which at the time there weren't that many around. So I was quite really lucky. We've got a lovely castle, a lovely medieval city where I live in Lincoln. So there's, there's a lot of reenactors and things like that. Reenactment was a path I could have gone down, but I've never actually done um, I just went more the martial arts side and uh, I went down there and, and they're an English longsword club so I started learning English longsword uh, with a bit of German I still do my German and my Italian now a bit of a sword geek thing to to do English longsword there isn't enough of the surviving texts to do a full system a full martial arts system so you have mm-hmm. to fill in the gaps with things like German so we're doing our footwork from German and Italian and things like that so I ended up learning like three systems um, which is quite it's a little bit unusual, but most English longsword people do that. It's quite unusual. There's not many of us, but it's an unusual thing to do. Most people just stick to one um, and master that. But we became sort of masters of three, almost, in a weird way. And then um, that allowed me to then, when I'm going to these tournaments, I can spot I can spot a guy I'm fighting. I'm like, oh, he's, he's using this from the, uh, from, from the Vardy manual, the Italian manual. I'm going to use this German move to counter it. And then I, I became quite good at recognizing what style people use and then how to counter it with other styles. Mm-hmm. And then it ended up with a big rack of medals. And I was like, yeah, this works. And then I became a teacher. And <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was literally originally from the fantasy. And I just, on a whim, just thought, I want to learn to sword fight. So there was, there was no single triggering moment. It wasn't like a reenactment or anything like that. I just I really wanted to learn. I always knew I wanted to learn how to use a sword. And one day I just went, I'm going to do it. And I just did. And it was a great idea. So I recommend it. Pick up a sword and learn how to use it. It'll change your life. I feel like we just don't do that stateside. Like it's just there's just like not like a club you can just go to and be like, yeah, we're, we're just oh. gonna sword fight for a couple hours, you know. There actually are loads. There are loads are in the really? last five years or so. Most towns, big towns, uh, a lot of small towns in the states have what's called a HEMA club now. I'll have to um, Google just it. Google it. And have a look. I, I bet you there's somewhere not too far from you. And I've even if you message me afterwards, I've even got a list of like everywhere that's currently active in the states or Europe. So okay. we can figure out where your nearest club is and see if it's possible. There's a there's a Hema Alliance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is life? Okay, I'll have, I'll have to look it up. I, I thought like all, case... I thought all we had like in Alabama was like axe throwing. I thought that was like about about. Oh no, there's all sorts. It's it's, 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 it's insidious. It's got into everywhere where. 
sort of a European culture has, you know, existed or, or come from, in your case, in the States. And it's there. So it's all over, you know, Spain, Italy, all around Europe. It's huge in Russia and in Eastern Europe. England, obviously, we love it here because we, we love swords and castles. Um, and we actually do. That's actually true. We, we love them. Everyone in England loves castles and swords. You, you, just, you just grow up just having this, you know, inherent love for, well, <laughs> for medieval when, stuff. Where I grew up, where I grew up, over the road, we had this beautiful, huge red brick castle that belonged to Oliver Cromwell. And then when I, when I moved to Lincoln, I lived, my back wall was Lincoln Castle. So it's like we've literally, my, my house, we, we nicknamed my house um, Castle Shadow because it was in the shadow of the castle. Um, and it, we literally like, we actually grow up around it. It's, it's just here. It's just right out there. I can literally look out my window and I can see a castle right now. It's just there. So it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's there. Crazy. You can't see it, but it's there. It's, well, it's dark now, but normally yeah. <laughs> I just look that way and I've got this huge cathedral and a castle on the hill. Um, yeah, it's crazy. So do you I, like, a... I think good. I say I think I like to stay near them because you know like my you know like I love that sort of history and stuff. So I'm always I wouldn't move to a town unless I had a good castle. So <laughs> a number one requirement. I don't care how much space is in the house; it has to have a castle. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a do you have like a uh, you know, like a vast collection of weaponry, or does it mostly stay? I guess at your club, et cetera, so you, so you don't have to bring it back home with you? I have quite a few swords, actually, just over here. Um, we have a, quite a nice armory at our club, because obviously we need to keep swords for all the beginners. We have like 20 people turn up, we need 20 swords. Uh, right. But then they don't touch my swords, so I bring them all home, I keep them clean. Um, I might grab one in a minute, actually. They're just I'll just have to nip off camera and come back really quickly. But, <laughs> but yeah, I've got, um, I've only got three or four at home here, but they're my best ones, so. So I've got my saber there, uh, two long swords, and what's called a feather, which is a feather shwer, a feather sword, um, which they use in tournaments. But it's either a long sword or a feather. It's basically a long sword, but tournament safe sort of thing. Gotcha. It's a, it's a historical weapon though from the 16th century, originated in Germany, hence the feather swear its name. But yeah, very interesting. I'll grab some in a minute actually. If you don't mind me just dashing off very quickly. Yeah, yeah. I'll do it right now. Check it out. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I always like sword demonstrations. Okay, well, I can't really demonstrate in my little thing, but here is, uh, this is my 30, um, they say it's called 1300 to 1500 Ringek sword, but it was actually around 15th century. Um, but it's very nice, very long, yeah. very shiny. I need to get oh, it yeah. clean. It's, uh, it's got some notches from last night. So we were going pretty crazy last night. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, and it stands about as high, if I stand up and I'm about six foot one, it stands up to my armpit. Wow. So yeah, they're quite quite, but they're not very quite light. You can, you can get a lot of play with them, and they're quite cool. Yeah, that's my favorite one. This is I, one I uh, fight with the most. So I don't know where to put it now. <laughs> you, just got, you have to hold it the rest of the interview. I'm just gonna have to hold it the whole time. We talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when you started writing uh, a ritual of bone, when did you start really realizing I'm gonna just go ahead and mesh fantasy and horror? together like did did it what did it always start out that way did you start out just writing a horror novel and you're like i need to, i'm gonna add some fantasy elements to it how did it really come about it was a real it wasn't an intentional thing i just wanted to write i wanted to i knew it was going to be a fantasy book okay so i was going to write fantasy but i watch and love and read i probably watch a lot more horror than i read but i was watching i think i was watching like vikings at the time and then like the walking dead and then i was just like imagine if you put these two elements together and then like 
Yeah, imagine like Rohan or, or Gondor in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but like with Vikings, like in a Viking sort of, you know, mash them three together. Mm-hmm. Then Walking Dead happens, you know, and you're there with all these horror elements and stuff. And I was like, I love horror and I love horror. I can take all these bits from the, and the Evil Dead. I can take all these bits from these films that I find really cinematic and amazing and then try and put them into my my, my, my fantasy novel. Um, so, yeah, I, I knew it was going to be fantasy, I think, at first. And I didn't really think I'm going to blend two genres together. I didn't think like that at all. It was just, oh, this is going to be cool. I'm going to write this. It's going to be scary and gory, and but, yeah, but it's going to be a fantasy. But I didn't really think I was, I was crossing boundaries of doing it. I was just doing what basically came natural to my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I look back at it, and if I pick it apart with my English literature, sort of a university mind, I've totally blurred two genres together um, without really realizing. Um, but yeah, it was yeah, it wasn't it wasn't an intentional thing. It was just it just kind of came out that way. But it was. I was watching a lot of zombie stuff, re- watching a lot of horror films, and I was reading a lot of Stephen King. I was reading uh, Dark Tower at the time. Mm. And I remember I remember the day I was reading. Now, I'm no Stephen King before I say this. I was reading Stephen King, and I went, closed the book, and went, you know, I could do that. I could write a book. And I remember, I'm going to start writing. I've written a lot of short stories and things. I was like, I'm going to write a book. I can do this. This prose is amazing. I can. I know I can do that. Nowhere near as good as him, obviously, and a different thing completely. But I just, I just had this click. I went... I know I can do that, and I just did it. I started writing, and I'd say I was, um, we were touring at the time, and I was in a band called Friction, and we were, we were going, I was, I was doing, I had a little cleaning job in the morning to sort of supplement, supplement the wages, if you see what I mean. It was, it was quite good on tour, but t- touring bands don't earn a huge amount, but we were playing five nights a week, sometimes at four or five. Um, and I was, doing, I was doing my cleaning in the morning, writing some stuff, going to sleep, gigging at night, and that was my life until I met my wife. That was literally what I did every day. Um, or practiced when we weren't gigging, yeah. Um, and yeah, it just, it just came out that way. It was crazy. But, uh, but it wasn't intention. It was just, I really like the horror. I really like fantasy. And it just seemed really natural to make a really spooky fantasy book. You know what yeah. I mean? I didn't want it to be too fantasy. I wanted it to be quiet. So I was reading a lot of Bernard Cornwell at the time. Yeah, the Saxon, Oath Dreads, Saxon mm. story, and Last Kingdom, and things like that. And um, I wanted it to be quiet, sort of realistic. So there's very little magic if any, in my books. It's even debatable if what happens is magic. So you could almost say it's low fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I suppose it is, I suppose, a little bit magic All the genres, Lee. All the genres. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just smashed them together with abandon, you know. <laughs> so, um, so your series is called The Dead Saga. So uh, mm-hmm. can you tell the audience uh, who maybe haven't checked it out yet what... Um, what is the ritual of bone? What is it about? Okay. Well, uh, the actual the, the, the subject actual, of the ritual bone? Well, the book. The book. The book. Okay. Because so, there'll be some spoilers in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so ritual of bone is oh, how do I how do I how do I start? It is essentially is a, a single tagline. It'll be a zombie Norse-inspired fantasy world with a zombie apocalypse happening. Um, it's basically about a series of little uh, characters who unlock secret they shouldn't really know which basically uh, returns the dead to either a corpse or, or you know trying it might try and attack you know the person and possess them and stuff it's like an evil force almost like evil dead a little bit um and then it's not like a huge outbreak or anything the first book the first book is very much a build up of, of atmosphere build up um that's amazing my daughter can whistle that's great thank you <laughs> She's been trying to do it all week. Anyway, um, 
but yeah, it sort of builds up slowly, and it's got these warriors who are very noble and very honourable, and then they don't they don't know what's happening, and things are coming out, and monsters. No one believes them. There's characters all around the country, different things going on, um, and it's basically just a huge build up, big setup with plenty of action and plenty of really atmospheric horror in there um, to 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 the wider events of the series. It's like a nice introduction to sort of the, the world and what's gives you an idea of what's going to happen. Mm. So. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, so, you know, we'll go ahead and turn to a ritual of flush. So uh, that beautiful, beautiful hardcover. Uh, you got to turn it around a bit. Turn it around. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, I got to show the back. I love that. I love that. I, know. I love that guy there. He's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what, uh, what can readers that have read a ritual of bone expect in a ritual of flush? Okay. So a ritual of flush and a ritual of bone were initially one book. Okay. And it got to a point in Ritual of Bone where I was like, this is huge. I'm going to have to like cut this off here. So there was a point where it naturally, everything naturally sort of, it seemed to stop. It naturally came to an end, but I was still quite a lot done. And so I had to, to then finish this, the opening basically, finish the opening of this, um, this story. So Ritual of Flesh is the culmination of everything from a Ritual of Bone. So all the plot lines weave together. A lot of people notice that it's all separate in Ritual of Bone, separate things happening in separate places, all mm. relevant and all its own story. And all I think hopefully all entertaining, but they all weave together and they all culminate in this in a single place and it all, all comes together. And then without swearing, it hits the fan, basically. Everything just goes nuts. Um, it's quite a fast paced. Um, oh dear, what's happening in there? Um, <laughs> my, the chaos, the chaos of my book is being kids, reenacted man, now. Kids. But um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it just goes crazy. There's lots of lots of action, um, violence, some horrible things happen, which I hope don't reflect too badly on me. But some absolutely horrible things happen in that book. Um, but it's great. <laughs> <laughs> awesome maybe that reflects so, badly on me <laughs> right right so uh and so then i know you you've, you've announced the, the title for the last uh book uh, ritual of blood uh can you mm. tell can you talk anything about it is it gonna be the last book in the series do you plan on continuing the series um and then uh you know if you're planning on continuing do you have a, an idea of how many books that you're gonna do in the series okay so i have a plan it's not the last book in the series okay. it is the second half of the, the first two are a bit a huge setup. They sort of, they, they, it all kicks off after two. The third book, and there is going to be a fourth book, are the latter half. So, you know, it all starts and it's all got to finish. Right. And the third one, Ritual of Blood, is um, it's interesting. It's the one where I've got, I've been waiting to write this book for a long time. So, a lot of the initial ideas I had were like these. Almost as I said, I was watching The Walking Dead. These like Walking Dead survival aspects, like a guy's hiding in the woods, there's you know, undead around, and like I finally get to do all that because you know, obviously things have hit the fan. Um, you'll have to find out how and read that one behind you. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so there's there's an awful lot of it. Literally, is action from the first go. Lots of horror. Lots of sort of that tense, the being hunted sort of atmosphere. Like you know, they're in. There's a lot of nasty things around them and they're, and they're, they're scared and they're, 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 you know, out there in the middle of it all. They don't know what's going on and they have to try and get through this stuff. Um, people, certain people are being chased and certain people are chasing. Um, we have the stone men from the first one 
they're in there because they have a lot of people commented that they're then i'm sorry if you haven't read flesh but they're not in flesh they're mentioned and they're explained but they're not in there they are back in this one um so basically again we have a, a culmination of the greater threats to the overall series a lot of the overall threats that have been talked about and that you see glimpses of in the first one they all it all comes together in this one and then the fourth one will then be the resolution hopefully if it resolves, but it will resolve. But whether it's going to be good or bad, who knows? But um, I know, I know. Oh, I but like that. If yeah. it resolves, but it probably will. But it might not. Well, it, it, will. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it does appear because I've already taken some sections out and gone. That shouldn't be in the series now. That's it's an extra bit that you know I basically edit it out. But there is scope for a few extra little stories. Um, so there might be a few standalones. And um, there is going to definitely be a standalone. Um, which resolves around, now most people have read Flesh, if you're watching this, you've probably seen, uh, sorry, Red Bone already, you've probably seen it. There's, um, without giving any spoilers, there is a short story I'm working on at the minute, or maybe a small novella that revolves around the events at High Passes. So if you're curious about what goes down at the High Passes that you didn't read about, you will find out about that and what exactly happens to everybody involved there and their actual fates and where it all actually, how it all ends up in there and the dog and all that stuff you'll know what i mean if you've read it <laughs> so yeah and that, that's going to be in there but i thought about putting that in this book but i'm not um there's a there's a few other plot lines that i could maybe play with but i think there will be scope for maybe even an unrelated i've got a plan for maybe not even completely unrelated to the main characters in the main series once events have transpired there are somewhere somewhere else a story might happen in the world so there will be there will be the main series of four books and there'll maybe a couple of standalones with a novella that does link into the, the main series but the standalones might be completely separate different characters you might see a cameo for a, a brief appearance but generally i've got a plan for a, a whole separate story uh, but once i've established the world and the, you know, and destroyed the world <laughs> i can then put some cool stories in there you know yeah and um, what happens and stuff so but yeah there's definitely scope for more um, okay and that's just my bed sagas project there are other projects in the works too but, so yeah awesome busy busy <laughs> so uh have you have you had the time or the opportunity to read anything recently that you'd recommend definitely uh, right now i haven't actually finished it so, and I know, but I know the ending is going to be amazing. Right now, I'm reading um, Symphony of the Wind by Stephen McKinnon. Mm. Now, I've had this book for ages on my TBR pile, and I've just been like, I need to, I need to read this book because he's a really nice guy as well, and I, I, it looks really good. And um, I've just been reading. I started reading it. It's absolutely fantastic. So that's amazing. Um, I recently read um, a couple of authors I've been working with recently. I've been re reading all sort of my friends' books and like people I work with books and people I've been associated with. So I read uh, Damien Larkin's new uh, sci-fi, which is the sequel to Big Red. It's called Blood Red Sands. And if you like military sci-fi, it's amazing. Really, really good. I read my um, friend J.E. Hannaford's debut novel called The Skin, which is like a nautical uh, mythology sort of fantasy. Um, um, got like selkies and sirens and things like that. It's really, really good. Really enjoyed that. Um, my friend uh, C.F. Wellburn, he, I read it, finished off his, I started the Ashen Levels like two years ago and I only read a bit of it. Now I've just finished the whole thing. And again, I love that guy's writing. His prose is amazing. And it's a pleasure to be friends with him, but he's so good. Um, and he's just released a new book as well, uh, which looks amazing, which I'm good, haven't read yet, which I, I have got. Um, I read, uh, if you like comedy fan comedy fantasy, you know, the Pratchett sort of vein um, and a lit RPG crossover, there's Jamie Edmondson's, uh, if I say this in the right order, Grim Og Dog, or is it Og Grim Dog? 
series. It's the the um. I know, I know what you're talking about. I, I we can never three and me either. is the series. If you type in we three and me, you'll find the series, and that's really funny. I was some laugh out loud parts in there. There's a goblin called Gary, and I don't know why, but I found that incredibly funny. Um, I just I said a chuckling to myself, and she's the wife's like, "What are you laughing at?" Like, There's a goblin called Gary. Gary the goblin. <laughs> Kind of like having a dog named Kevin. <laughs> oh, it's great. Um, what else? has been so. I've read a lot of good books. I think I've read more this year than I've ever read before because I've had all my university books and I've been reading like Shakespeare, and Thomas Kidd, and all these classics, and uh, mm. and then mixing that in with like all my fantasy stuff I usually read. I've read nearly thirty something, forty books this year, which is crazy for me. I don't usually read that many. I've been listening to a lot of audio books. I've really, really enjoyed the uh, Horace, Her- the Warhammer Forty Thousand books. Mm. There, the Horace Heresy novels. I've just burned through the first four of them, and they're absolutely amazing. So I'm a bit of a Warhammer Forty Thousand nerd. I love them. It's great. I'm painting <laughs> it. I'm playing it. I'm reading the books. I'm living the life. It's great. But yeah, they're really good. So if you've not read them and you do like that universe, definitely read them. Um, but yeah, there's some good good recommendations there. Awesome. Um, they, they were all really good as well. I've been. Uh, it's been a, an embarrassment of riches for good books the last couple of months. It really has. It mm. really has. In, in the past two years, I mean, it, like you. Mm. If you ever say I've read everything, you definitely have it. And you're not looking in the right place because oh my gosh, just every week there's new stuff coming out that mm. see you just have to just keep adding to the pile. You know, I haven't read the new Abercrombie books, and I need to read those. And there's there's like big 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 name books that I just haven't got to yet that I really need to read. But I've just been rolling around happily in all this indie stuff. Um, and it's been amazing. It's been, you know, there's been absolutely stunning books, but I need to check those out as well. And um, I've got, I, I'll, there's a new John Gwynn book. I love John stuff. Absolutely amazing. I need to read his new one as well. Um, I've got it on the shelf waiting, to, ready to go. But, but yeah, so it's just never ending, isn't it? Like, yeah. it's, good, it's a good thing. So, so I'm curious, I remember, are you... Oh, yeah i remember a couple of years ago just before i got back into the internet thing like i said earlier i was getting to the point where i was like what do i read i've read everything in my collection right let's go back online and see what see what the cool kids are reading and it was both an amazing idea and also a very bad idea because i am now swamped in this amazing stuff sorry yeah that's right no you're good no as we all are as we all are um Mm. no I'm, i'm curious have you ever you kind of wanted to do the the Nicholas Aim things where you where you you know bring music into your fantasy world. You know, being being a rock star, being a rocker for so many years, like has has you know adding music into your fantasy books like something that you want to do at some point in time. I have, um, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but there's hints of it. There's hints of it in flesh. If you think about, like, I know you've read flesh. There's hints of it in flesh. Um, if you look at the character Seth. And he's playing his, his a lot of music, and there's a lot of that side of music. But there, there is the music definitely makes a big comeback, and it's definitely a thing. It's an important thing as well. I couldn't leave one of my life's loves out of my debut series. Right, you know, that music, it's it, it's in the, what I'm writing right now. So awesome, yeah, it's in there. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lee, um, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with me uh, to talk about Ritual Bone, Ritual of Flesh. Uh, definitely looking forward to checking out Flush uh, here soon. Again, like I said, I, I'm I'm going back through Bone. I really enjoyed it when I when I read it. It was earlier this year, last year. Uh, so now I'm definitely looking forward to Flush as well. Um, everybody, you can go grab both of the novels out now. It's called The Dead Sagas. So great Halloween read uh, if you enjoy fantasy with a, with a side of zombies. It's fantastic. Um, Lee, best of luck with with everything you've got going on right now. Best of luck with book three, um, and uh, I'll see you in a couple of months for TBR Con.
You certainly will. I'm looking forward to that already. So great. Absolutely. And thank we'll you talk. for having me today. It's been a great chat. Definitely, man. Well, we'll talk soon. See ya.